Hey, what's up, Theologizers? Long time no talk. It has been a hot minute since we've recorded. Ben and I went on a sabbatical for the summer. We thought, you know what? 2020 has been a tough year. We deserve a break. We deserve some downtime, some contemplation. We deserve to look deep within ourselves at our moral fiber and try to let Christ start to chisel away at all of our imperfections. And uh, we finally felt ready to come out of our monkish hiding into the light again, turn on the microphones, and record. We are presenting Theo Bros 2.0, which will be a shorter format podcast. Uh, we've been doing about an hour, some a little less than an hour, some longer than an hour. And we thought it would be better to do something that was a little bit more easily consume, consumable for the general public and do a short version. So I am here, Brett, coming at you with my brother, as always, Benny Boy 3000. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's going well. Like you said, it's good to, be, uh, good to be out of hiding. I feel like sometimes we need a little bit of a break to have some new experiences and some new thoughts before we come back. Come back to the mic to bring the people what they want. I mean, what they need, really. Um, Let's be honest. So there's a bit. Wait, Ben, before you go any further, there's a big life event that has happened in your life since we last recorded. Do you want to tell the theologizers what happened in your life? So I'm finally uh, married. So yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, Kaylee and I got married about three weeks, a month ago. Um, just had a little wedding um, out here in Ithaca, went really smoothly, had a kind of a little mini honeymoon, a few finger lakes over, and it, it's grand. Feels good to be married. Well, I'm very happy for you, Ben. I will be your best man in, in reality next year when we have the belated uh, wedding celebration summer of 2021. Yes. But, um, couldn't be happier to have your uh, fiance now wife Kaylee join the Cook Clan. It's, I know. it's, uh, it's great. So, um, all right. So let's get into this. Um, we're going to be looking at this week very uh, poignant topic. I think for 2020. You know, we've had the coronavirus. We've had the usual Trump political fiasco. We've had the the racial. Um, conflicts kind of going on in the country with the the writing and and just there's a lot of tension in the world today. So we thought we would take a look at hope and what does it mean? What does it truly mean to be hopeful as a Christian, as a Christ follower? And uh, we thought we would get into that because that's an important theme. For our Christian life, because that's what really keeps us moving forward. That's what invigorates our spiritual life is what we have hope in. And how does that hope in our spirits manifest in our experience? So we thought we would uh, dive into this topic of hope. Yeah. So like Brett said, uh, we kind of both felt like this was a very apropos topic for the situation that we're in um the more we kind of thought about it and have been talking together the more we've realized just observing the current state of american culture and politics um 
where people are putting their hope in, um, what sort of institutions they're putting their hope in, and how that differs from a biblical uh, Christian conception of hope. Um, so I think you've noticed this as well, Brett, but it seems like on both the left and the right, both Christians and non-Christians, it seems like everyone feels a, a deep anxiety, uh, a deep state of fear. Um, you know, from the right, you have a lot of anxiety and fear related to, um, you know, our changing culture, a lot of Christian values, you know, are being undermined in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of political instability with rioting and so forth. Um, I think it's, it truly is becoming more and more difficult to, to be a traditional Christian in the public space. So there are a lot of understandable concerns there. Um, and then I think on the left, you know, there's a lot of anxiety and tension over, like you said, racial issues, um, how uh, poor communities are, have to interact with the police and how those can be extremely tense relationships. And obviously the giant orange elephant in the room, uh, Trump and his administration, a lot of the uh, political fires that <laughs> that hit he and his administration, his way of speaking and some of his policies and so forth, have also created a lot of deep anxiety and fear for the future of our country. And I think because of that, on both sides of the political aisle, because the what's going on in the national stage tends to really focus all our, all, all our attention and our time because of mass media, Twitter, Facebook, and all that sort of stuff. I think that feeds into this sense that all the problems in our society are primarily focused on the national government and political institutions, right? Whether that be Congress or the courts or the presidency. And so, because that's where we feel like our problems are emanating from, um, whether that's an accurate perception or not, I think to a large extent it's not an accurate perception, um, that I think therefore we feel like the solution is going to come or needs to come from the national government. It needs to come from who's the next president, who is sitting on the Supreme Court, right? Uh, who are we electing to Congress? Um, and so I think on both sides of the aisle, in that sense, we're putting our hope, and again, this includes many, many Christians, we're putting our hope for the near future, for what we value and things that we think are wrong being rectified in human political institutions. Um, do you have any thoughts on that, bro? Yeah, I think that that is, is the main thing that I think both Ben and I have observed. I think a lot of people observe is that, you know, whether you're on the left politically, the right politically, whether you're religious, non-religious, Christian, I think we all really fall into this um, almost trap of trying to grasp for hope in human institutions, especially politically, um, through the president, through the next election, uh, through policy, um, I think that that is just something that everyone naturally gravitates to first when they're trying to find a path forward, a sense of hope. It's all about what can we do 
uh, as people of the world within the human institutions that we have built for ourselves to make the world a better, more hopeful place. What can, how can we make the world a better place so we have something to hope for into the future? Yeah. Um, I think one thing we've seen throughout history is that human institutions can do good, but they can also do a lot of bad. And there's ebbs and flows to the political realm, to, to empires of the world, to countries, um, to policy, and that there has always been ups and downs and there's we've never really reached this kind of ultimate utopia that i think a lot of us are trying to eventually find it's kind of in our mind's eye and that's what we're all striving for and i think especially as christians as christ followers we need to be the first to recognize the flaws and putting our hope into these human institutions into the president to trump right. into right uh right-wing politics and the left-wing politics yeah and really focus on what where does our hope truly lie and that would be in christ yeah and in our faith and what does our faith speak to as our hope within yeah. scripture and ben you might want to elaborate on that because um Scripture tells us why we should have a very real hope as yeah. Christ followers. And why we shouldn't hope in human institutions. And again, I also just wanted to add very quickly to that, that one of the things that all of these political institutions, social institutions have in common is that they're all instruments of temporal coercive power. Right. Right. And so fundamentally, it's this desire, whether you call it political or social or whatever, it's this desire to try to achieve the realization of our vision of our values through coercive secular instruments of power, right? Right. And that is the sort of thing. And again, it's not to say there's not much good that can come of that. It's not to say that we as Christians should just check out from the political process. But if you are primarily viewing the political landscape through this anxiety, this paranoia, this dread, for you know america being godly or christian or whatever then to me that just shows that you're not viewing you don't you're not putting your hope in the right place you're not having the right emphasis so like brett said i think a lot of scriptures um speak to this so for example um proverbs eleven seven says uh, hopes placed in mortals die with them all the promise of their power comes to nothing. So that yes, that's maybe the most straightforward one we could we could appeal to. <laughs> Powerful scripture, and it goes right into you know us putting our hope in the who's going to be the next president of the United States, yeah. and their policies and their promises. Isn't that all we hear in the presidential debates? Is all of these promises, promises, promises like they're going to fix everything? Um, and again, I don't, I think as Christians, we need to contextualize this and we don't check out of the political process or not engage. You know, we try our best to push policies that we think are more morally sound, that, um, are more biblically sound that, you know, that, that is aligned with our worldview and our values as Christ followers, but we don't put all of our hope in that. Because in the end, we only have our hope in Christ ultimately. Yeah. And we have to always remember that human institutions are always going to be flawed. Yeah. Therefore, we don't get the anxiety 
when the political systems uh, don't necessarily go our way or we have some um, we have certain things that maybe we hope for policy wise and th- those fall through or the political yeah. spectrum starts going into a different direction than where we stand. Yeah. It shouldn't be an anxiety inducing thing because we already have it contextualized within yeah. our grand hope, yeah. which is Christ and which is the redemption of the entire creation at the yeah. end of all of this. And we have to remember that God is in control, that in yeah. the end, he wants to use human vessels to help bring good and bring light and his light onto the earth. But we are, it's not all on our shoulders. God still yeah. is in control. And we have to keep in mind that the, if something is not part of the church, if it has not come into the, tr- the kingdom of God, which is the church, then it is still under as much good as can be worked within, it's still under the gravity of the enemy's power. Right? So I, I'll, mm-hmm. this, this is why Paul talks about, you know, it, because if they have, he had to excommunicate someone, I think in Corinthians, and he, he describes that as hand him over to Satan. So this idea that if you're outside the church, in some sense, you're in the realm of satanic power, right? Or satanic influence. And so this idea that outside of the church herself, we should place our hope in some sort of, you know, godliness, you know, a godly culture outside of uh, the church that will always endure. Again, it is, you know, yeah, you might even describe as idolatrous because Christ did not say that the gates of Hades will not prevail against America. He didn't say the gates of Hades will not prevail against, you know, the Byzantine Empire. He said the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we just need to have a peaceful hope in that. So did you want to point out any other scriptures for us, Brett, related to this? Yeah, I think one thing that a lot of Christians fear is persecution. Um, And feeling like if the political uh, agenda is moving toward maybe a little bit more type of policies that are um, antagonistic to Christian values. I think that's one thing that sparks a lot of anxiety in people and in in Christians. Um, And I think that we need to remember in those moments that Christ himself says that we will have trouble in this world, especially as Christ followers. We will be persecuted. That needs to be expected Um, and not surprise us, almost as if that is just— part of being a Christian yeah. is, is that is, in, is inevitably going to happen at times. So I think we should actually maybe lean into that and take it on with grace rather than fighting it with yeah. both fists, trying to resist persecution at yeah. all costs, because that's just part of the world we live in, especially right. as Christ followers. And Paul speaks to this in uh, Colossians, where he says, now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you. I fill up in my flesh what is lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. And then it goes on to say, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul speaks to the sufferings that he is enduring for the church, for, which is the body of Christ. But he ends it on saying, but 
Christ in you is the hope of glory. And that no matter what happens, we live in that the peace that comes with Christ being in us and constantly being our eternal hope. Yeah. So when when political agendas shift away from us, we don't fear, we don't get anxious, we lean into the spirit of Christ which is in us, which will provide hope no matter what is going on externally yeah. in the political realm and the secular realm. So it's just something I think needs to be leaned into more as Christ yeah. followers, um, despite the political craziness that's going on around us, yeah. whether policies or agendas are moving more in our favor, supposedly based on our morals or away from us. Yeah. And I think the book of Acts has so many great examples of this. I mean, this is the original church, a suffering church, a persecuted church. And I, I forgot what particular example it was, but there's one case in the book of Acts, I think, where um, some of the disciples, right, or, or apostles are, um, you know, taken to trial or, or beaten or thrown in prison or something. And it says, um, afterwards, um, they went along praising God um, that they have been counted worthy to suffer for the name. Yes. Right? So they didn't go away being like, oh, man, if only we could get a couple of Roman senators in there, right, or, or change the mind of the emperor <laughs> yeah. so, that we, so that we wouldn't have to suffer, right? I mean, there's a mysterious, there's a mysterious beauty and fullness to suffering for Christ right. that is almost something that points to our eventual glorification right. through the suffering. If we don't um, suffer with him, then we have no part in him. I mean, exactly. The New Testament says. Exactly. I think we've just gotten far too comfortable in in the Western Church. So, so theologizers, despite the craziness with 2020, with the pandemic, with all of the political craziness, you know, the racial tensions, we truly, truly put your hope in Christ, and don't be surprised if we have a level of suffering as Christ followers. You know that. Jesus himself said that this would happen. So, um, yeah. And I just want to end the true hope. Yeah. And I just want to end too with, um, with the, a couple of scriptural passages again from, from St. Paul in Romans and in first Corinthians that really focus on this idea that we hope in Christ. And in particular, we hope in the power of Christ's resurrection, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's the resurrection that inaugurates the renewal of the cosmos. And that is what we focus on. We don't focus on worldly power or a cultural renewal, although that would be great. But that's not where we should be focusing. So in Romans 8, 22 through 25, St. Paul says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly await for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. But hopes, or who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Exactly. And then he says famously in 1 Corinthians, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless 
and so is your faith. More than that, we are then to be found false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that he raised Christ, but he did not raise him. And he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, again, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. Now here's the clincher. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are, of all people, most to be pitied. There it is. And that is the real hope we have, is death is not the end. In the end, I think the ultimate fear for everybody is death. It's the final end, and it's not the end. And we know it's not as Christ followers, because that's been revealed to us, that in the end, the entire creation, including our bodies, will be resurrected, transformed, and glorified. And that there's pretty much that's all there is to say i mean the the ultimate hope is the happy ending to this entire story which is resurrection and restoration of everything that we know Um, all empires will decline and fall all countries will decay and go out of existence but our souls and the souls of our brothers are eternal and we need to focus on saving ourselves and our brother and our sister and our enemy and with that we will see you next time thanks for joining us theologizers yep thanks theologizers um take care keep your hope in christ keep your eyes on christ This is the Theobros Podcast.